Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, Kratom Guys Show. I'm your host, Mike Overstreet, the Boston Kratom Guy. Welcome back, episode number 22. We got a lot to get into as far as an update on Ascension Parish, Louisiana. Their ban meeting with the ordinance will be introduced, and then it will either be voted on, put through as is, or amended. I didn't get to a couple articles I didn't get to last week from Kratom Science led in Kratom possibly hazardous say researchers. Kratom Science did a really great job of covering this and talks about lead in the unregulated market. A study was led by Dr. Walter Progelic. This is a study that was published on the NIH National Library of Medicine. Public health implications possible sources of lead, in parentheses PB, as a contaminant of poorly regulated Kratom products in the U.S. So we're going to get into that study. Basically, by test of Kratom. Not complicated. And then we have out of Florida, where Drug Policy Council considers Kratom banned. This was in late July. So we're going to get into what went on in that meeting. It looks like they're still mulling it over. I don't think it's gone anywhere. But we did have an ally that stood up and talked about the war on drugs prohibition the effects it would have on researching Kratom if it was ever to be banned, if, if they were to criminalize it. We want a stigma reduction campaign. Two recommendations ahead of this. But then we come here and we're pulling out the handcuffs again. We're pulling jail cells into the picture. We're talking about criminal records and mugshots. We're damaging relationships with employers, with family members. This is uh, one step forward, two step backwards. Um, I want this council to be a little bit more coherent in its approach to creating criminal penalties. When we're also trying to be mindful of the unintended consequences of those criminal penalties. And as far as circling back with the Ascension Parish, I actually have been in contact with Detective Toulier, and he might be coming on the show to speak with us. I was in touch with his daughter too, Landry, but apparently he let me know that he directed his daughter to not speak with me. So one of the things I want to talk about, I'm not going through all the other testimonies. I spent too much time on that. And going back and listening to the show... I'm realizing how much time I'm spending on refuting these claims, which I know is very important. These talking points, we have to know what to say against these misinformation, disinformation. So I am going to be getting into the the things that they all talked about, about all of them brought up, which is it's being sold at gas stations, being used to self-detox, and it's fueling addiction. So I'm going to get into all my rebuttals coming up. And what I really wanted to get into was shifting the focus of the show. I've talked about this before, and I wasn't sure exactly how I'm going to be doing it, but I am putting together a course to be able to help people, especially those that are trying to get off Suboxone. They're trying to not be stuck in recovery. So I am going to be putting together a blueprint of what I did myself and what I've either heard from so many people or I've talked through Um essentially regaining control over their own life after suboxone dependence and doing this with a much healthier lifestyle and more holistic approach with kratom cannabis exercise diet mindset so i'll never stop sharing the kratom news and current events and updated science but really i've been thinking about it i never got into this to essentially argue with people and lobby because for me what the most reward i get out of this isn't talking legislation or arguing with people online or trying to prove my point or you know that that we do have a right to put in our bodies what we want while we're not hurting others and that ban is nothing more than the criminalization 
and the use of violence and deadly force against peaceful people who haven't harmed anybody. But it's something I never stopped doing from when I was selling Kratom to the podcast. And what I really want to start focusing in on is helping people that really want to leave Suboxone behind. They want to thrive after Suboxone. So I'm going to be getting into all that because I don't know about you. If you're on Suboxone and you're ready to get off, that one of the biggest things for me was being very tired, sick and tired of being treated like a criminal. I constantly felt like I was being treated like a criminal. Now, Suboxone helped me for many years, but eventually I just wanted off of it. And then I was able to finally do this with the help of Kratom and Cannabis because the withdrawals were terrible, even with Kratom and Cannabis. Just about every week I get messages from people that want to come off Suboxone. They want to know how exactly I did it. So I've been helping people one-on-one -on -one and through the process, I've been able to, and this is what I'm working on now, I'm putting together a guide. So if you're ever interested in knowing exactly how I did this step-by-step, -step, just let me know in the comments. So I'm going to be getting to all that and more coming up on this episode of the Kratom Guy Show. But first, let me tell you guys about this week's awesome sponsor who gave us more Kratom to go down to Boston Methadone Mile to hand out to the people that need it. Let me tell you guys about Christopher's Organic Botanicals. You guys know that I only recommend brands that we truly believe in and Christopher's is no exception. Christopher's is the type of company that deserves your support and that other companies, especially creative companies, should emulate. They do everything by the book to bring you the best quality tested Kratom. They are a small company run by Chris Dini, his daughter, and their family friend. That's it, guys. Three employees. They are not a big company, very small, and doing everything by the book. AKA GMP qualified by just passing their fourth certification audit. They adhere to fair trade practices, which means paying the Indonesian farmer a fair and proper price. Chris started the company in 2016 after Kratom worked so well for him. He decided to quit his job and pursue COB full-time. And ever since the start, they've always been using the same single source for their Kratom, focusing on what matters most, top quality powder and customer service. They accept credit card along with e-check, physical check, or money order, along with crypto payments. Go to christophersorganicbotanicals.com and use the coupon code KratomGuyShow to save 10%. The link is in the description. And this would be a good time for a small disclaimer that neither myself nor any of my guests are medical professionals. Nothing we say should be considered medical advice and you should always seek the advice of a physician or medical professional before taking anything. Any copyrighted material is used under fair use for education or criticism. Enjoy the show! And I'll finally be able to get into uh, how we went down to Methadone Mile or Mass and Cast Boston, handed out a bunch of Kratom samples, talked to a bunch of people that I am really hoping will help them, or at least it got an introduction to them. And that's all possible by our sponsor. Please go support them, Christopher's Organic Botanicals. Use coupon code KratomGuysShow to get 10% off. Um, you know, we're talking about the, this, this possibility of lead and unregulated Kratom. And these are guys who are really doing it right, getting all their products tested. You know exactly what you're getting with them, the alkaloid strength and everything. So as part of the sponsorship, they gave us a bunch of samples that we could hand out as we pleased. And that's where I chose was Methadomile. They were so pleased to do this, to get it in people's hands that could really use it. 
So the most exciting thing that I'm doing right now is putting together this program or course or blueprint, whatever you want to call it. I've been helping people one-on-one -on -one, um, for a very long time, and it's the part that I get the most, and I think other people get the most benefit out of, out of it. And in the meantime, when I've been helping people, and it takes a lot of time because we're going back and forth DM, everyone's got a lot of questions. So I really wanted to put together something that could help everybody who wanted it as if uh somebody handed me this guy 20 years ago because i haven't seen anything like it so i'm putting together in all aspects of not being stuck in recovery getting past recovery getting past the focus of drugs and using every day or not using craving and completely shifting the mindset shifting the focus to not being stuck in recovery but thriving so I'm very excited to tell you guys about this. I'm just started working on it. I'm going to be releasing this course, and then afterwards we're going to be having a accompanying mastermind group with it and live seminars. I really want to expand on this. It's the part that I love the most. You know, bringing guys creative news and current events is really great, but helping people, knowing that I'm making impact, knowing that I'm serving, knowing that I'm helping somebody through the process quicker than I went through it. Quicker, better, faster is my goal. You know, due to the nature, I can't exactly tell you, oh, you do this or this. You know, you should always consult a physician before taking anything, especially when it comes to a medical detox. You know, you should definitely see a doctor and physician. So I have to say that. So I'm just sharing my experience, what I did. So it's pretty much a blueprint of, of what I did the month leading up to the actual jump and then the first three months because I believe those are so crucial of setting the new behaviors. So I can't wait to tell you guys all about that because if it wasn't being treated like a criminal, somebody else said, and I say it all the time, is regaining control over your own life. And I've heard this through so many people, uh, the, the use of Kratom and cannabis, and people have reported to me that it's worked for alcohol, for meth, um, almost every type of opiate you, can, you could think of. But for this one, is because it's my experience is getting off the suboxone because somebody said it to me that they had felt like they lost control and they wanted to regain control over their own lives and that's exactly what i felt like when i was on suboxone was out of control because my whole life revolved around these doctor's appointments cash only doctor's appointments insurance companies pharmacies you know it meant god forbid you have to get your script filled a day earlier you can't do that unless you get the doctor's note, but then the doctor's note's not any good because they actually have to call the doctor and then they can't actually do it in the computer, so they have to override and you have to get this done way ahead of time. So even if it was my work schedule I knew was not going to match up, I still had to deal with it. So everything revolved around their schedule, the state regulations, pharmacies, doctor's appointments, insurance companies, and I was just sick of it. I was so done with it. I was already so removed from that lifestyle, which put me on that medication. I just felt like I was stuck. And I was also scared to jump off of it. So I'm very excited to share this with you guys. It's the same process I've, I used to get off and have helped so many people move on from Suboxone dependence. So if that interests you, if that's you or somebody you know, just get in touch. Drop me a DM. Leave it in the comments. Also, leave me what works for you. For me, it was a big mindset shift that I was doing something new. I was doing something great. I was leaving that behind and doing something bigger and better. So it wasn't just quitting. It wasn't just stopping something. It's not, I took the focus from what I didn't want 
to what I actually wanted. So envisioning that life. And it works. You have to just put in the, put in the time, create those daily behaviors. And that's some of the stuff I'm going to be talking about it. So I'm really excited to get you guys feedback on that as well. So one of the one of the first big stories is the methanol mile. I can't wait to go back. We weren't able to go back um, August the first week first week of August, but we are going to be going back very soon. So if you're interested in coming with us, we're going to be handing out some more wellness packs, you know, case of water and free kratom. And that's all thanks to Christopher's Organic Botanicals. So, you know, I couldn't get much footage down there and I couldn't really record because people don't really, you know, people are in a bad way and they, they don't want to be on camera. I completely understand that. People are struggling and it's it's something that's probably in every major city is these areas that have just become so bad and hit by the opioid crisis so badly. Or I should say hit by the state's reaction to the opioid crisis. What the fuck do you think is going to happen if you have a war on drugs? It's not just drugs, it's people. It's a war on people. These are casualties of your war and then you wonder why people don't trust police? You mean the people that are waging an open war against its own people? Those people? It's like creating extremists overseas. They weren't extremists before the US government killed one of their one of their family members that had nothing to do with terrorism. Same thing happening over here. The only way to end that is to end the use of violence and deadly force against peaceful people who haven't harmed anybody. For Kratom, we just want to be left alone. That's the biggest thing. So many of us don't even want to be doing this. If people could just leave us alone to drink a tea leaf, we wouldn't have to do this. And that really goes with all drugs. To think that somehow you're going to control what other people do with the threat of violence, it hasn't worked. It's never worked. It didn't work during alcohol prohibition. It's not working now during the war on drugs. Use just keeps going up. And overdoses is at an all-time high. Over 100,000 overdoses the year before. And mainly due to illicit fentanyl. People had safe access. They knew what they were getting. Kind of what we're trying to do with Kratom. Buy from someone who is actually putting on the labels exactly how much is in it. And you know that it's in it. You know it's been tested. So, yeah, that's... So anyways, this is a really bad area. And it was great. I thought it was I thought it was great. Um when we first got there, the whole um it's like an access road going on to ninety-three um was the whole side. And I do have footage just pointing the camera down. It's all just like needle caps and trash. But apparently the police had asked them to move. I think there's like I don't even know the exact number, maybe three or four methadone clinics right in this one mile radius and a uh, hotel that has turned into a homeless shelter and I believe one other shelter and a bunch of the state and city homeless resources are, are, are all right there. So yeah, this is whole side street, which I don't go into the main part, but it's this uh, whole side street. So there's also the prison right there, but it's this portion of Southampton Street where there was probably like, I don't even know, anywhere from like 100 to 200 people, all, it's open drug use, um, open drug sales, we got offered drugs many times, but it was really great, we were able to, and this is, again, all thanks to Christopher's Organic Botanicals, um, so seriously, you guys, support him, he's doing all the right things, he's fighting to keep Kratom legal, and he gives a bunch of Kratom just to give to people in need. 
So yeah, we had a really great time doing it. We went down there. They they had that whole side street going on to 93. And then we, we went there. There's all the trash everywhere. So right on the corner there, Southampton and Mass Ave. There's also the South Bay Jail that's, that's right nearby. So yeah, we're going to be going out there again, handing in some wellness packs. You know, we had first aid kits, socks, snack bar, juice, toothbrush, toothpaste, deodorant, pads for the ladies. So it was, it was really nice to be able to do, some, do something nice, and hopefully we opened up some people to the idea of Kratom, or at the very least it stopped somebody from getting sick. So this first story is from Kratom Science, the lead in Kratom possibly hazardous, says researchers. I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but uh, it opens up. Researchers from Midwestern University recently published an article in the journal Toxics entitled, and that's the uh, NIH National Library of Medicine, the, you know, the PubMed, ncbi.nlm.gov. An article in the journal Toxics entitled Public Health Implications and Possible Sources of Lead, PB, as a contaminant of poorly regulated kratom products in the U.S. Based in part on earlier research conducted by lead author and pharmacologist Dr. Hold on, I know how to say this from his other interview. I'll link them both. Dr. Walter Progelic. It doesn't look like Progelic. Several random selected, randomly selected kratom products have shown to have levels of PB exceeding the toxic amount for people consuming moderate to high levels of kratom alone or consuming kratom compounded with food products shown to contain PB levels that aren't necessarily toxic by themselves. Show levels of PB in some kratom products compared to a non-toxic amount on its own found in some food products. Figure 1 shows the amount of PB exposure in high PB kratom products compared to doses per day. Just 10 grams of high PB kratom per day exceeds the permitted daily exposure level of established for drugs. So, you know, basically saying if you take a lot and you compound it with some of these other foods, then that could put you over and you could have some toxic effects from lead. According to the author, PB can cause neurological, psychological, cognitive behavior, reproductive development, immunologic, cardiovascular, and renal effects, anemia, increased blood pressure, altered bone formation, immune toxicity, GI distress, and pain, as well as behavioral effects and damage to the reproductive system. Some of the rare case reports of Kratom, in quotes, side effects in the U.S. rarely to never happen are reported in countries where fresh leaf Kratom is consumed traditionally, are also symptoms of PB toxicity, suggesting these side effects may be from PB contamination alone or undiscovered Kratom alkaloid interactions with the PB table. So very interesting. And I'll leave the, you know, the link to the Kratom Science article the the study itself, as long as it, as well as an interview, uh, Brian from Creative Science did with uh, Dr. Walter Proagelic uh, a little while ago. I think it just really shows the importance of buying tested products. Know where you're getting it from. Know that they're testing, and know that it's free of contaminants, like CRISPR and botanicals. So this other story is from Florida. I came across it. I believe this was from Misty Brown. If you guys aren't following her. Miss T, otherwise known as TikTok's Miss T Bish. So the story from Florida, very good that Jeffrey Cece from the, who's also on the council, was there to, to, to speak up against this ban. 
So this was in Florida. The Drug Policy Council considers Kratom ban. The Statewide Drug Policy Advisory Council discussed whether to suggest a statewide ban on Kratom in their annual report to the governor and legislator. Seems like this was pushed by uh, this lady, Dottie Groover Skipper, who said that her son used Kratom, was addicted to opiates, and used Kratom when he couldn't get it. I also have personal experience with Kratom. Again, my son um, was using it when he ran out of his uh, prescription of opioids. He would go and buy Kratom, and talking to him and several of his peers, they also believe that Kratom should be banned. And my belief that during that time, they won't die from a opioid overdose or fentanyl overdose if they're buying stuff that they know what's in it. So again, going on hearsay and conjecture. So a very interesting meeting. The only one to stand up for us was seemingly Jeffrey Cece of the Department of Children and Families, which you wouldn't think someone in DCF, but he was very much against prohibitionist mindset. This is what happens um, in America. We do knee-jerk reactions to novel psychoactive components. They go straight to Schedule 1. If they're botanically based, we will miss out on decades of research into those compounds that might be yielding new therapeutic compounds, and that's just one of the trade-offs to America's prohibitionist drug system. And then later on, he said this in the meeting about them previously talking about the destigmatization of drugs and how to get people help. We want a stigma reduction campaign, two recommendations ahead of this, but then we come here and we're pulling out the handcuffs again. We're pulling jail cells into the picture. We're talking about criminal records and mugshots. We're damaging relationships with employers, with family members. This is uh, one step forward, two step backwards. Um, I want this council to be a little bit more coherent in its approach to creating criminal penalties. When we're also trying to be mindful of the unintended consequences of those criminal penalties. And the governor's drug czar, uh, Doug Simon, said that he wanted to think the recommendation over, but then he also said that he thought banning it would be the path of least resistance. I think, uh, I think um, banning would probably be the path of least resistance when it comes to like, any kind of enforcement or regulation. I mean, we have to, when you have a, maybe a teenager or somebody caught with Kratom, you know, um, what kind of penalties do they get? So if we just outright ban it, it'd be a little bit easier. Okay, so Ascension Parish, Louisiana. We're going back to Ascension. So I reached out to Landry Tulier, the one who said that she spent $400 a week. Around here, they know me because I used to buy like $400 worth of Kratom a day. $400 a day, I'm sorry, $400 a day on Kratom. $2,800 a week. That's $12,000 a month. I didn't spend that much on heroin. $12,000 a month on Kratom. And later she says that her initial drug test failed for fentanyl. It had developed, so five days for a normal withdrawal and seven days from for Kratom. Like, that just goes to show how bad. And when I first got there, they did an initial, an initial uh, drug test. And when I hadn't picked up anything at this point, like I hadn't done anything, not even any legal pills or anything like that. But when I got there, I failed my drug test for fentanyl as well as Kratom. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's what freaked me out because I was like, I, I swear, like I, I have no reason to lie to y'all. I haven't done anything, but I failed. They had the second meeting and somebody else said that he lost two friends to Kratom 
and that he was also an addict. I don't think either case took into consideration Pa's post-acute withdrawal symptoms, but that he was also out of control in Kratom. Like, you got bigger issues than just Kratom. And so he also said that he, he tested positive for fentanyl. So I'm very curious about what exactly they're doing in their parish if they believe these people. And if they do, what are they doing to find these tainted products? So I talked to, I've been in contact with both um, Landry, which she's kind of cut off communication. I found out why was after I talked to Todd, Detective Todd Toulier, her father, said that uh, she told him not to talk to me, but that he'd be willing to talk to me not this week, but next week, as long as it wasn't a creative hit piece and we could actually do open dialogue. So I'm very much looking forward to that because he actually came out and, you know, Misty said that she had a great talk with him on, on uh, Instant Messenger. And he said he's been in contact with doctors and pharmacologists since. And um, he's learned a lot that they never, him and the sheriff, never wanted to ban possession of it. But that was something that Councilwoman Terry Casso had had said. But they didn't, they didn't say that. So it's very interesting to see what will happen. But let's go over these few things. Something that I wanted... I wanted to do it last week but I didn't get to didn't get to do it was they all made the same points and to me they they are ridiculous so one is being sold at gas stations what else is being sold at gas stations that's highly addictive known to be deadly alcohol liquor cigarettes sugar processed foods and what I'm just learning is energy drinks and caffeine how that can be deadly people are allegedly dropping dead cuz of these energy drinks so you're telling me someone who's had struggled with being an alcoholic, you know, if we removed everything that somebody or a few people had an issue with that made them feel uncomfortable, we wouldn't have anything left to be sold in stores. And then we would have governments voting on whatever they didn't like to be banned across that area. So to say it's sold at stores or to cause dependence or addiction, so therefore it has to be banned. Therefore, we need the ability to use violence and deadly force against peaceful people who haven't harmed anybody is so ridiculous that when you actually look at the numbers of annual deaths with beer, wine, liquor, cigarettes, this, those alone of how many they kill annually, Kratom isn't anywhere near that. So the arguments don't make any sense. Self-detox, okay. They all said, you know, this is self-detox. Yeah, self-detox. My experience? Listen, I have to say this. Go see a doctor. Go do a medical detox. Don't do it on your own. It's very, very dangerous and it could kill you. Go see a doctor. That being said, I went through many medical detoxes. Not very proud of it, but it's, it's, it's in my past. And for a long time, I stopped talking about it. I wouldn't talk about it, but now come to the point where I'm just open, very open about it because I feel like holding on to it could be hurting somebody else that's going through the process. So I went to a number of detoxes and I can tell you doing it with Kratom in medical cannabis was probably the most um, beneficial for me. And you know, of course I had my support system and my wife and my family. I was doing a, a lot of other personal work at the same time. So I was able to kind of get everything in the right right place to do this. It worked very well for me. It's worked very well for many other people I know who have never gone back to their drug, drug of choice, have no desire to go back to their drug of choice, have moved on from this recovery stage through 12-step AANA that you seem to be stuck in forever. And you Every meeting, oh, I'm an addict, I'm an addict, I'm powerless, I'm an addict. And that just wasn't for me. 
So self-detox, yeah, I think it's great. They might not think it's great. I think it's great. A lot of people get so much benefit and they say the only reason why they're here is because of 12-step, is because of AA, NA. I say that's great. That's good for them. It didn't work for me. It didn't work for many people I know and, and has been failing for a lot of people. So if it works for you, MAT works for you. I say work it. If you're not, if you're staying away from your drug of choice, your life is getting better. You have to do what's best for you. I'm just talking about for me and many other people that I have known that didn't work for them. Self-detox and doing this on our own with our own community was the way to go. Okay, fueling addiction. That's what the people at the re at the recovery centers said. Uh, that's what a bunch of the speakers said is that it's fueling addiction. How? How is this even possible when the majority of the people that are doing it that I've spoken to or that even they're speaking to that spoke at these meetings were either the second meeting was a lot better. I got to tell you that second meeting was a lot better, had a lot more support, a lot more advocates showed up, the AKA showed up. So how is it even possible? It's fueling addiction when the majority of the people are using it to stay off of their drugs of choice, that they're saying their lives are better, that Kratom provides better health and well-being. They're doing the best they've done in a very long time. Help that they couldn't get from Zaboxone or Methadone or being stuck in the cycles of active drug addiction, drug-seeking behavior, that people are getting their own places, they're getting their lives together, getting jobs and moving on. And not just stuck in recovery, but thriving after recovery. People that say that they devote their life to Kratom. That they wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Kratom. They either would have killed themselves because they were in so much pain, or they're dealing with so much addiction troubles. So the vast majority of people that I know are using it to stay off of drugs and making their life better. And the ones that seem to have the most trouble with it, who want to get it banned, had drug problems prior. To Kratom and they were just using Kratom to try to get high and pushing the limits and pushing the limits. You're trying to get high off a biased partial agonist. It's not like an opiate. It's not like a morphine derived opiate which is a non-biased full agonist. It only lights up the receptor very little. It doesn't have the ability to recruit the beta arrestin which is what triggers the uh, respiratory suppression and death. So still don't know exactly how it causes death. People say it causes death. Have Kratom or mitrogene toxicity on a death certificate, but no mechanism of which would cause the lethal overdose. So the, the drug problem they had before Kratom, before trying to continue to get high, not working on their own shit, not taking personal responsibility, are the ones that want it banned, that are still trying to get high off Kratom. That who knows, maybe they'd be dead if they got forced through a program and then coming off of that program, off of a, leading up to a relapse, use Kratom instead of using fentanyl or fentanyl lace products, whatever they're trying to get, you know, counterfeit pills, whatever it be, that they're actually here today because they did Kratom instead. These people really think, oh, if the government banned it, then I can't get it anymore. You were doing fentanyl. Openly said you were doing fentanyl. Something that's highly legal in your area, but somehow you got your hands on it. So now something that could be lab tested, you want to get it banned, it makes no sense at all. So fueling addiction, I don't understand it. How can that be when the vast majority of people are using it to better themselves? So before we go, I do want to tell you guys about the system that I'm working on as far as the thriving after Suboxone Dependence. Over the years, I've had the pleasure of helping many, many people who've gotten in touch. I always say, if you want to talk Kratom, 
617-917-5242. If I don't pick up right then, just send me a text and we can figure out a time to talk. I'm happy to talk creating with you. I'm happy to help you out to talk you through this. I have been working on this document that I was calling Escaping Subs. And it's basically a guide on exactly how I quit Suboxone with the help of Kratom Cannabis and a Healthier Lifestyle. And, you know, there was nothing out there when I started. It was a lot of trial and error. And I think I've been really able to simplify it. And the goal of this course is to be able to is be able to reach a lot more people on a mass scale. So if you're ready, if you've tried to quit Suboxone, you're ready to get off. You know, get doctor approval. If your doctor's ready, ready to get you off, or you're ready to fire your doctor. I share this full experience in a course I'm putting together right now. Because what I realized, and I've been thinking about doing this for a long time, and I had no idea how I was going to be doing it. But now it's really coming together. It's coming together as a, uh, a course or a blueprint. You know, I do have to work on the, the wording because of the nature of not being able to give medical advice or anything that could be construed as medical advice. So it's really just sharing my experience. And what really pushed me over this is editing the clips from the last episode. And I realized how much time and energy I'm focusing on is refuting these lies, misinformation, disinformation. And that's not where I get the most benefit. And that's not where I feel people get the most benefit from, from my work. So I had been in the service industry for almost all of my, my working life in restaurants and catering and cater managing and my wife and I opened our own food truck it's a dessert dessert uh, food truck we turned a 1971 bus into the, the funky food bus sweet treats and coffee a mobile bakery bus in Austin Texas and cater managing and then all of a sudden when I had the kratom business I was all of a sudden in the retail business and the one thing I never stopped doing the whole time was mainly through the show and you know people buying kratom but i had to be very cryptic and talking about it now that i'm no longer selling it i feel i can be a little bit more open in my experience and be able to help more people through but what i never stopped doing was helping people through their journeys of leaving their drug of choice behind and moving the moving forward with kratom cannabis a much more holistic lifestyle so to not just be stuck in recovery, but actually thriving after recovery. And I think that's really important. Like three months, you don't have to be stuck in recovery forever. Move on. You don't have to be called an addict forever. The focus can't be on drugs, something you don't want. The focus has to be on getting well, being successful, starting something new, starting something great. Like I said, something that really helped me in the beginning was Suboxone. It got me off of much harder drugs, almost every opiate pill you can think of, heroin. I was an IV heroin user. This was years ago. But then, and then Suboxone really started to take a, a toll on my overall health and well-being, specifically my teeth, and then my overall mood and happiness. You know, I've had numerous root canals. I've had two, two teeth extracted, and it's all directly related to Suboxone. And there's actually a lawsuit going on right now uh, towards the, the makers of Suboxone that they knew that it was going to damage teeth. And FDA just quietly released that it does. And then something I've also heard from other people is that they eventually started to feel like they had a gray cloud over them. Like I say, I didn't realize how negatively that medication was affecting me until I got off of it. And it was like I returned to my true self. You know, I was able to fully feel happiness, emotions again. And I didn't realize how dull my world had turned while on Suboxone. 
So this is what I've been working on. You know, every week, almost every week, I get a number of messages of people, especially since posting a lot on TikTok, of people, a lot of people that want to know how to how I got off of Suboxone. They want off of it badly. And I've been able to help a lot of people on this journey of leaving Suboxone behind and essentially going on to something a lot bigger and better. Because to me, it's not it's not about quitting subs or being in recovery or counting clean dates or AA meetings or 12 steps. It just wasn't for me. Now, these systems work. The fellowship works for many people, so I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying my experience. But what I do know is for whatever reason, these systems, these programs have not worked for me in the past. And I was completely sick and tired of having my life revolve around this medication and what has been dubbed as being an addict. I was tired and just ready to move on. Like I said, you had the, you had the doctor's appointments, the hours of the pharmacy. You can only get it in a certain number of days. And then if you had a, had a conflict in your work schedule or going on vacation, it was just turned into a mess. And, you know, the cash-only doctor's appointments having to be treated like a criminal, having to pee in a cup and get drug tested. And it was just so much that I was so far removed from the drug-seeking and active drug addict lifestyle that I just wanted it off. And I know so many people are contacting me, so if that sounds like you, please get in touch. I'm happy to help. Oh, yeah, and I also remember when I didn't have enough money to pay for it. I had to pay out of pocket hundreds of dollars for this prescription. I had to find a pharmacy that was essentially willing to break the law by by splitting the script up as a controlled substance, splitting it up into weekly pickups because I didn't have enough money to pay for it. But even that's illegal. You have to get four separate scripts. You can't get one script and then only pick up a certain amount. And I was just so sick of all my time and money being revolved around these doctor's appointments, insurance companies, pharmacy trips. And like I said, I tried the other programs, and one of the main flaws I saw in the program is that it revolved around drugs. How was I ever supposed to leave drugs behind if everything I did revolved around them? It turned into like the most important thing, and constantly being labeled as an addict, and having to identify as an addict. And I didn't want to be an addict. I didn't want to be labeled as that. And I knew that I had more. I knew that I had more in me. I knew that I had more to offer. And I know that you have more if you're struggling with this. That I was more than just an addict or an addict in recovery. That I could work and be a respectable, hardworking man, father, husband. And today I'm exactly that. Um, an amazing and present father and husband. I love spending time with my family, my wife, Helen, and my almost... Uh, one-and-a-half-year-old son, Elon. My life no longer revolves around those things. I've been able to completely escape them and be free from them, regain control over my own life. And now my life revolves around my family and helping other people get through this process of conquering the Suboxone dependence quicker, faster, and easier than I did. Because if I learned anything from this process, it's not about quitting something, but it's actually going after what you want to do. Getting a vision and moving towards that goal. Learning new skills. It's about having a clear plan and going after it. And this is what I am going to be teaching people. That quitting Suboxone is just a small portion of it. And you can do so much more. You are so much more.
So I'm very excited about this new project I'm working on. I want to get your feedback. If you are somebody struggling, I'm happy to help you out, walk you through this. So thank you so much for joining us today. Big thanks to you guys, the listener. If you got through this far, I fucking love you. Big thanks to Christopher's Organic Botanicals, our awesome sponsor. Seriously, guys, go purchase some Kratom. Use the coupon code Kratom Guys Show to save 10% off. And you'd be supporting a great company who's a great friend of the show. Please go there now. Christopher'sOrganicBotanicals.com or use the referral link in the show notes. And together, we'll keep Kratom legal, safe, and available for all. Peace.